0: last week has brought a lot of volatility to BSC markets. Greg joined the podcast today for his weekly market recap and analysis. Welcome to episode 22 of the BSC News Podcast. Greg, welcome back to the podcast.
1: How's it going? It's been a pretty exciting week. The markets have not slowed down. Volatility has still been extremely high, so that's always fun and exciting.
0: It is fun and exciting, and like the weekend especially was like awful and then good, right? That's I think I think it started off awful and then it came back and was nice. And this week it's been I don't know sideways and up a little bit for a lot of stuff, mostly just sideways.
1: So yeah, we had on the weekend um what you're referring to of as awful Bitcoin from its highs. Um we put in a peak at 58,000 on the 21st of February um and just this weekend we put in lows about 26% lower at about 43k on Bitcoin. Um so yeah, the the weekend there were definitely a lot of bears out um i saw a lot of people calling for like a retest of the previous pivot at 40,000 um and i thought that was actually very probable there are also other people who wanted bitcoin to go a lot lower but we ended up getting a bounce and now we're back over 50k so starting um i believe monday we had a 20% bounce on bitcoin just about so that looks pretty good. And markets are looking fairly bullish. They're holding up well after a nice little sell-off we got.
0: Yeah, I just pulled up the Bitcoin chart. I'm on the 30-day. and 30-day? I'm looking at the 30-day, yeah. Because I wanted to look at – I was hoping to see how long the last – well, the last real pullback from kind of hitting a peak was end of December. no. Beginning of January, I kind of want to see how long it lasted, and it so, was yeah. about a, it was about a month, I think, I mean, in terms of like it pulled back and then it kind of just went sideways for about thirty days before starting that next leg up to fifty eight
1: thousand. So yeah, um, I was actually looking at this the other day, and this pullback was a bit steeper. Um, I know you have the chart pulled back pulled up, so you could probably see it. This one was a bit steeper, but it was actually less than the other pullbacks. So the last consolidation we got and the time period we're referring to is January 8th to about the beginning of February. And yeah, that's like the month you're talking about. Um, And it kind of, the candle I think we're at right now is the Elon candle, which was on January 29th. Um, We broke out of that consolidation kind of, came back and retested the trend line and then we broke out again. And that's when we got that nice rally to 58K. And it sort of looks like we're doing this thing again. And honestly, we might get a bit of a shorter consolidation this time, it kind of looks like. Um, But overall my base case here, or at least what I would love to see is Bitcoin go sideways and consolidate in between 58 and 50K while we see a lot of rotation of capital into altcoins.
0: Yeah, I mean, one thing that you can tell is true about this last run up to 58,000, it went from 51 to 58 really just entirely too quickly. I think that was part of the problem. And you know what I'm saying? So it was February 18th to February 21st. It moved basically 20% up. Before having that sell off. And I, I'm in agreement with you where, like, I want to see the market take its time going up. I think that's, that's, gives us a lot better results kind of across the board with like all of our different investments in the space.
1: Yeah, no. And this is extremely healthy to have a market come back and test very close to its previous pivots. Um, you kind of want to see this staircase up that build structure. That way, on the way down, there's a lot of, levels where buyers would be interested um and i guess moving forward if we do want to follow through with my base case of seeing altcoins start moving again we can jump on over into bnb um i know this is something you've been paying a bunch of attention to and obviously i have as well Um, bnb also had this same pullback um and it's now breaking out and consolidating around right underneath the 250 level. Um, And this also looks really healthy. It broke out of this bear flag it was in, and now it's just consolidating here, looking to either break up or break down. But the thing is, is with these market conditions, the the higher probability chances that it's going to break up here. So that's just something you always want to default to, especially when you have market structure where you were in a bull flag and then now you've broken out. Um, the base case is that this is going to break up higher.
0: Yeah. I'm looking at the, God, the 90 day chart is just so nutty. And I just pulled that, I just pulled that out so I could catch that same like time frame. So let me get back to the 30 day. And obviously my, my market analytics are, uh, I don't know, call them useless, right? Cause you're the trader here and you're the one that looks at TA all the time. And, I mean, I guess I just look for the the same patterns, but I mean, I really want to see... The the issue I'm seeing with, let's say, BSC yield farming and that type of stuff is the uh, a lot of these tokens are struggling um, against BNB's price even, right? It's kind of like a slow bleed going on. And what do you think pulls us out of that?
1: I think it's just these altcoins are going to always bleed more than these other tokens in times of consolidation and pullbacks because you're going to see money flow out of these small cap altcoins into bigger names like Bitcoin and BNB. Um, so I think they're always going to hold better. But once we see these tokens start breaking out to the outside, I think is when we start seeing them outperform again. And Honestly, where BNB is right now, I would not be surprised to start seeing some of these low cap altcoins start outperforming because at least from my technical standpoint, BNB looks very healthy right now. So if BNB were just to consolidate in between like 220 and 300 for the next couple of weeks, I think we'll start seeing a lot of capital flow into altcoins. Um and even as we break higher, we'll continue to see money flow into the smaller cap plays
0: you know and i pulled up a uh, pancake swap and i it's very possible that we're actually watching pancake swap start to do that right now right it might it might lead the pack because if you look at this chart it looks a lot better than let's say fuel or because i just looked at that one
1: yeah
0: i'm pulling up beefy real quick but i imagine it looks well, that's that's up 10% today. So maybe we are starting to see a little bit of this altcoin small well, small. We could call them altcoins compared to big or
1: BNB, I guess. So yeah, for sure. Um cake chart is like very similar to BNB in the pattern wise, but it's definitely outperforming. So let me see from the bottom here on February 28th, this local bottom we just got this weekend. Um, BNB is up 24% and let's see what cake is up should be more. Yeah. Cake is up 60% from this bottom. So technically like structurally and pattern wise cake and BNB are nearly the same chart. But when you take into the account, the scale of markets, yeah, I think we start to see cake outperform here and like you hit the nail right on the head. I think we see cake lead the pack um, and you can already see this uh, being translated in Ethereum DeFi. You have a lot of plays like Sushi, um,
0: didn't Rune. And Sushi just set an all time high, and Rune just set an all time high.
1: Exactly. So these coins are all breaking back out into price discovery as Bitcoin is consolidating here. So this is exactly what I've been looking for. Um, and I think we continue to see it. The only thing that'll invalidate this thesis is if we see Bitcoin continue to grind upwards and break back up above 58,000. And I think we'll, in that case, typically when Bitcoin runs hard like that, at least in this bull market I've noticed, is a lot of capital continues to chase after Bitcoin as it's rallying higher. So I think the ba- the best case for this to continue seeing uh, capital flow into altcoins is if we get a consolidation on bitcoin.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I remember I don't remember when it was, but there was like a month or two where all coins were trying and bitcoin just kept going up, right? And uh, in terms of I was looking at a chart the other day of like the Ethereum bitcoin chart. Uh-huh. And there's there's so much upside there, like an enormous amount of upside.
1: Oh, yeah. That upside is ridiculous. I was tracking that chart for a minute um, and it broke down a bit recently. But I mean, it still looks extremely bullish and the upside is insane. Um, Just looking at it, if you want to look at it like historically based on the past cycle, um, around this period in time, starting in March of 2017, Ethereum outperformed Bitcoin by nearly 300 percent um from this time point moving forward so yeah the upside for ethereum here is extremely high i think we're just seeing um the narrative kind of stall out a little bit as a lot of people i mean you could call it fud you could call it whatever you want but a lot of people are like kind of taking a second step and reevaluating the congestion on ethereum and the gas fees but as we see more layer two protocols come out, um, I think this is something where it kind of goes back to liquidity being lazy. ETH is such a large market. It's not like all this money is going to disappear. Um, once ETH continues to move forward and figure out layer two things, like this is something that's not going to get left behind in the bull market. Ethereum will definitely run and I think we can see it outperform Bitcoin for a solid amount of time.
0: Agreed. Now I'm looking at, I got myself into Litecoin going now too, (laughs) you know, and here's what I'm looking at. So every chart looks the same right now. We had a month of kind of sideways and then, you know, then kind of a blow off top and then a month and then the same thing happened again. So it's almost like a month of consolidation followed by three weeks of just nuttiness, two to three weeks.
1: And yeah, and now it looks like we're trying to break out again. Litecoin actually looks fairly healthy as well, breaking out of this, what I would call a bull flag. You've probably heard me use that term a couple of times. I guess I feel like
0: I'm not convinced that this consolidation is over just because of how long it took to get out of it the last two times. So I'm I'm basing this off of nothing,
1: right? I mean, it is something though. You're basing (laughs) it historically. Um, Yeah, I guess that's fair. So yeah the only counterpoint I have to that is we sold off um, a lot quicker this time than we did last time like okay um, so the my only like thing against that is that we could see a faster recovery but other than that, yeah, I do think my two cases here I don't think we go lower. I think we put in the the local low um, we either consolidate around here and let me just hop back on Bitcoin so on bitcoin what thing. that what that looks like for me is bitcoin is ideally you don't want to see it go back under 50k but it very well may um i think we see bitcoin consolidate between 46 and i mean you could just call it 58k that's a massive range but my base case is that we will just sit in this little range for the next few weeks probably until we break back up to the upside and see a nice move back higher, probably targeting 80, 90
0: K. No. And really your range makes sense. Like if you figure our last consolidation period for Bitcoin was a month long and it was between 40 and 30,000. So that's a, in terms of price, that's a 25% range that it's spent in. Right. Yeah. And there's no reason why it doesn't go close to 60 and then do this giant bowl, basically, right? For for three weeks or two weeks or whatever.
1: Exactly, uh, yeah.
0: Which, honestly, you know, I'd be fine with all this because, obviously, you know my style of investing, which is I'm just compounding the crap out of my portfolio. And another two to three weeks of consolidation and compounding followed by several weeks of, uh, of some nice up and to the right is excellent for my portfolio balance.
1: Yeah. So and, that's kind of just my base case. Um, and with that I've been positioning into a lot of just altcoins that I like, um, so let's maintain, go through some of those. Yeah. Um, for sure. So for BSC plays, I mean, I've been talking about this for weeks now. Um, I really like, uh, Soteria, the insurance platform. Um, they've been building relatively fast. Um, they've onboarded a bunch of new projects. I can't pull the number right off the top of my head, but I know they have a bunch more projects that they offer.
0: I think that's like fourteen or something. Yeah, I think tonight. that's the number. that's the
1: number that was coming to my head. Um, so yeah, that's done incredibly well, and I believe the market cap is only around forty million on this coin. And I just, I really see a massive use case for mutual insurance platforms. Um, I mean, you can see it on Ethereum and there's not really any other uh, mutual insurance platforms on the Binance Smart Chain. So Soteria kind of has this first movers advantage. Um, and then if you go even further into it, just the yield is incredible on it. Um, in a W So BMB wb pool on auto you're getting almost a thousand percent APY um so that just coupled with the narrative I laid out makes it kind of a no-brainer for me
0: no I'm in, I'm on board with that one and yes yeah, so they have 15 uh projects that they're insuring now and then what do you how do you feel about their chart I mean it's it doesn't look as good as let's say like cake or beefy
1: yeah. And I mean, it's just, it's the same thing. You have this peak and now it's just in this sideways slash slightly downwards consolidation. Um, and this is just like that classic bull flag pattern. Um, so I'm expecting to see uh, a higher high and a higher low at some point. Um, getting above $3, I think is when three to $4 is when we'll really start to see this thing move. Um and expecting like a price of six to ten dollars in the next couple months is definitely not out of the ballpark considering the scale of this market.
0: I like that. I like your optimism. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's another one you're looking at?
1: Um, let's see. We kind of already went over pancake swap. Uh I like that one. The yields on cake are still very well. And like I think we're both in agreement that pancake swap is kind of Taken off as the leading AMM on the Binance Smart Chain, um, so that's always a good pick. Another one is—I'm trying to find the website, but I couldn't find it. It's HGET. It is an Hedget? options platform, not I'm, Hedgic. It is. Give me a second. Let me. I'm not.
0: Okay, so this is so not Hedget HGET. So something different.
1: Oh no, I think it is Hedget.
0: Yeah. H G E T.
1: Yeah. And uh, this is its
0: price has been kind of crazy. It's, it's like holding up really well, actually. Well, it still took a massive
1: dive. I don't know why I'm struggling so hard to find this right now.
0: Their website. Yeah. Um, I had a pulled up, I think it's just hedget.com actually. Yeah. It's hedget.com. You're probably trying like dot .finances and stuff.
1: Let's see. Hedget.com. Nope. I'm not finding this. <laughs> How do I spell it?
0: H-E-D-G-E-T.com.
1: There we go. I'm just looking to verify this piece of information I want to say really quick. Okay. Well, I'm not going to find it anyway because this is like the actual platform. Um, Currently, it looks like they only offer Bitcoin options, which are very limited, but I mean, it's still building out. And I think options as a whole is something we're going to see continue to build out in DeFi. So kind of this narrative that I like um, is kind of this first wave of DeFi was AMMs and yield optimizers, the These ran super hard. Um, And now we're starting to see a lot of these derivatives platforms pop up. And I think moving forward, there's going to be a lot of demand for these, especially considering just the the outlook on options as a whole. Like in traditional markets, options have become very popular. Um, And so something like Hedget offering options on the Binance smart chain which is going to be extremely easy for people to use is something that I has, that I think has a lot of potential growth. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, what I was trying to find is I believe Hedget is backed by Alameda research, which is, uh, I think say, it is.
0: Yeah. That was on their main website. Yeah. It so
1: is. yeah, that's Sam Bankman Fried's fund. And honestly, if this guy is backing the token, I have a lot of faith in it outside of the narrative of the growth that decentralized options protocols will have
0: this is neat actually i'm like i'm on there like uh i'm just i connected to metamask and i'm just kind of playing around with it yeah uh they make it so there's something called like basic and it has like a questionnaire system right so this is really neat you just choose do i think it's going to go up or down let's say i think bitcoin's going to go up and you're right it is just bitcoin options right now uh Expiration date is March fifth is the only option, so they must just do weeklies one at a time.
1: Yeah, which is something I was actually dabbling in some ETH options on not hedge it hedgegit or whatever, however you pronounce this, but it, which is an Ethereum based option. And yeah, I was having that same issue. I can only buy expiries. I think it was like thirty or less than thirty days out. So that's something I would like to see being able to go further out. And honestly, I think you might be able to. Um, I'm looking at the website and I see something for maturity and it, I have all the way out to December possibly. I don't know. Oh, no, I don't. You're right. They're just weekly options. So yeah, that's definitely something I'd like to see on these protocols because at least for me, I don't like weekly options, but something like leap options, which are long-term options or something that have a lot of appeal to me, but it seems like those are not being offered yet. It's also hard because a lot of the options flow is call buyers in crypto. So I think something crazy, like when I was looking at options on Hedgic, nearly 90% of the open interest was in calls. So that might have to do with something. There's just a lot of demand to own crypto on leverage.
0: Yeah, I think um, I would be one of those people selling calls against my Bitcoin because, well, yeah, I'm, income, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a boring income guy.
1: You're a Looney Tune. I would never sell calls in a bull market.
0: Well, I would just do it because it's a uh, to me that's just an income production strategy and has nothing to do with the Bitcoin itself, right? It's more like if I want to take $100 and I want to go earn interest with it, what are my options? Or, you know, where can I take it? And selling call options on Bitcoin may be a really good way to do it.
1: Yeah, and that also be a, a sort of hedge in the same way, So You could definitely make it work. True. Like, if I own a bunch of Bitcoin,
0: why not sell calls at the same time? Just collect income in case the price goes down and I keep selling calls against it. But I'm not convinced that that's going to be a better income strategy than yield farming. I mean, it's a yield farming is is such a good way to just compound your stuff. So,
1: yeah, I agree. I at least for me, I would definitely stay away from selling any sort of options in a bull market just because I don't want to be on the other side of that volatility. Um but yeah, so I really like those two narratives on the Binance Smart Chain, um derivatives, and I think this is This isn't just something that is going to be options or someone like HGET's going to do. Um, I've also seen, I think I saw somewhere, this is definitely, I didn't see it officially, so I don't even know if it's true, but I know Alpha Homora does leveraged yield farming on Ethereum and that will possibly come over to PancakeSwap. And I know they've had a sort of partnership in the past for their syrup staking pools. So just Derivatives in general are something that it seems like that's the next thing DeFi is moving towards as in traditional markets, derivatives make up a ton of volume.
0: Yeah. Uh, like, you know, I had Unidex on the podcast I yeah. yesterday. And, you know, and, I, and he's a trader. And, and I do think that there's really like you obviously do most of your trading on centralized platforms. Cause there's really, I would assume anyway, there's not really better options for you. Exactly. But yeah. Not yet. It'll be nice when traders can use DeFi. And and I think you're totally right. Like right now, the, the narratives we can follow are, you know, lending, lending has already run its course, I think.
1: Oh yeah. I've d- I definitely left that out. I think, yeah, that was that would have been the proper thing to say there. AMMs and lending were kind of this first uh-huh. run where – because these were the first protocols that were successfully built. And it's not like these protocols are going to go away by any means. These, these will grow at tremendous rates as well. But moving forward, it really seems like derivatives are becoming a large focus. Derivatives and cross-chain solutions –
0: Yep. Derivatives, cross-chain, insurance will still be a big one. For sure. So in terms of cross-chain, what is the exposure
1: there to get on BSC? So for cross-chain exposure on the BSC, this is a great question because I – let's see – the cross-chain exposure I have is not necessarily a specific protocol. So, like, for cross-chain exposure, I really like Rune ETH, which is on the Binance chain, so that's pretty close to BSC. Yeah, but
0: killing it, by the way. Yeah, so for me, that, cross-chain exposure.
1: Oh, yeah, Rune has been amazing. Um, and that's kind of this cross-chain liquidity solution. Um, so that has been doing fairly well, especially as this narrative of, ETH gas fees and how a lot of people have been bridging over to the Binance smart chain has been developing. Um, So yeah, for cross-chain, I don't necessarily have a top pick. My main thing has just been dabbling a bit in a few different chains. Um, So another, another one of my Binance smart chain LP position is in Reef protocol. And that is... A it's going to be native to Polkadot. And this is sort of like a also like a liquidity aggregator. And I know they have a bunch of things on the roadmap there. Yeah,
0: I've got some of that. And I was gonna comment real quick. The Hedget LP is currently 308% APY on Pancake.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if this is right. I'm looking at YieldWatch watch currently and on auto farm, it's showing here 2k% APY. I'm- That's
0: probably right. Cause it's paying 300 over 300% before, you know, putting it on an optimizer.
1: Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. Reefs. Uh, I picked up some of that after I think you mentioned it too. I think I asked you like, what am I buying this week? Right, yeah. <laughs> <That was wonderful. laughs> I also got some dot because the same thing. I want some, some more exposure just to other ecosystems. But the thing is, I don't want to go out and actually get into the other ecosystems. It's too much work for me.
1: And no, for sure. There's definitely exposure to these things on the Binance Smart Chain, which is really nice. Um, and this is kind of going to be a cross chain play here. Um, what I really like is the ETH sushi pool on pancake swap um, because we're going to have sushi swap bento box lending come to the Binance smart chain. So this will kind of be a cross chain solution of some sort. Um, And it also gives you a hedge because all these other LP positions I have are in BNB. And obviously like we were speaking on this earlier, Ethereum still has a bunch of upside potential. So being able to have a little bit of Ethereum, in my portfolio and on the Binance Smart Chain is extremely powerful because this LP position on on the Ethereum network would be for me to get into it. it I don't even know. Gas fees aren't that expensive right now, but definitely upwards of fifty to a few hundred dollars to get into this position. Um, and on the Binance Smart Chain, it's a couple dollars. So I definitely feel you on that. That. I don't want to go too far outside of the Binance smart chain, but I definitely want exposure to these assets.
0: Yeah, I I got into, I'm building a Sushi ETH position. And also, um, this is also what I like about Kebab is like ETH Bitcoin. Like actually right now I'm with any new inflows that I'm adding. So, you know, leave out the compounding. Mm -hmm. I'm not really adding anything with BNB right now. Mike's, you know, I've got a ton of exposure. So I'm like ETH Bitcoin, I can just throw money at all day long. And then, yeah. you know, there's even ETH BUSD and Bitcoin BUSD that I've, that I've got set up also. And then like, I actually did some beefy BUSD just to kind of get a position in beefy, but not have it tied to directly anyway way to BNB. I mean, it probably is already tied to it in a sense because if BNB goes down, beefy will too, but it's a little more stable coin exposure. Yeah. And those pay high APYs cuz I don't think people I don't know, people don't like to hold stable coins.
1: Yeah, I don't like to hold stable coins. Because
0: so. you're, you're a, a degen.
1: No, there's no point to hold a stable coin in an LP when you can hold correlated assets.
0: Yeah, this is just protecting my downside. That's
1: all. No, definitely. That This is actually like, as you were saying, USD pairs, this popped into my mind. Like when we get this next rally up, a solid way to kind of hedge your exposure is to start rolling things into crypto stablecoin pairs, because then you get, okay, you're taking profit into stablecoins. Um, you're still earning yield. And then once you get this drawdown, you unwrap your LP positions, and then you just with the stable coins, your BUSD, you just roll that into other altcoins that you previously wanted. Um, and that's like, like that. yeah. a very efficient way to take profit um, while also earning yield. Like, you're not by no means like what I struggle with is when we get these large rallies upwards, like, okay, yes, I'm a trader, but at no point in time do I ever want to cut all my crypto exposure because at the end of the day, like my general thesis is that this is at least a eight month long bull market. Um, And so cutting my exposure is kind of counterintuitive, but doing something like rolling into stable coins and still earning yields. um, And you still have this kind of the other half of your portfolio is still in crypto is really enticing. And that kind of just popped into my head when you were talking about these pairs, because in that sense, I do think they're, insanely powerful
0: yeah it's it's essentially profit taking with upside potential right yeah and uh, that's a that's a good deal to get yourself into you know and i don't want to we probably need to wrap this up pretty quick but i was having a conversation with someone earlier today that's been particularly in traditional finance markets but they're big into crypto now and and they kind of think like with with coinbase going public and which is coming up sooner than later <clears throat> and um you know with institutions buying bitcoin and ethereum and and eventually getting into d5 most likely at some point when they feel comfortable enough yeah uh he doesn't think we see a, a 2018 correction again he thinks we just see regular market corrections
1: and yeah let so, me i hope let stop right. i
0: mean we yeah. don't know yeah.
1: Let me stop this right there so I can correct myself. Last podcast, we were actually talking about all these different cycle theories and yeah, this is what is referred to as the super cycle. And I think I, I misspoke on this last time and I referred to the super cycle as like a short cycle, which is completely wrong. The super cycle is yeah. This thesis that the markets will continue to keep going up because there is so much adoption and what DeFi has to offer and now that we can actually like these protocols are usable. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So to
0: me, that's the difference between 2018 and 2021 or 2022 is like, why would everyone sell everything that they're actually using? Right. It's a, would it make any sense?
1: Yeah. And these protocols are generating like a solid amount of revenue.
0: It's just we're probably going to see things where you know if Bitcoin gets to two hundred fifty thousand. Well, you still might see a thirty percent correction, and what's a thirty percent correction on two hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? Yeah, but it's it's going to feel awful for sure. Like when when you buy an asset that's two hundred fifty thousand dollars and it drops to one hundred seventy thousand over the course of like a weekend.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. That and then
0: uh, then I do think that. You know, with these DeFi, these small cap DeFi positions, some of them may get corrected and never come back, right? And and I'm being really careful about that now because uh, you don't know which correction is going to be the one that does it, in my opinion. Like on the next Bitcoin correction, you might see something that went up 5 to 10x pull back seventy percent and it just never never rebuilds. You know, what yeah, I mean? and
1: I think this super cycle thesis is a lot stronger in these larger layer one tokens like BNB, Ethereum, Bitcoin, uh Polkadot, Solana, and some of these uh ETH DeFi blue chips that have kind of already like establish their ethos and their dominance in the market um like uniswap of um and like those are like the two large ones uniswap and Av. so like i would honestly stick with those being like the ones that will probably hold up the, the strongest obviously who knows what innovations come out in six to eight months but i think yeah the super cycle thesis holds up a lot stronger in these specific crypto names that the institutions will be interested in. Um, So I think it's definitely you, you need to be careful with a lot of smaller Ethereum and Binance Smart Chain DeFi tokens, because yeah, there will be a correction of some sort. I just don't think we see it as much in places where institutions are. So even like large cap BSC DeFi tokens, like PancakeSwap is a top 50 token. So this might be something that also doesn't feel the correction as much. But overall, I think the safest assets and the ones that the super cycle will apply most to is these layer one DeFi tokens where you have all these DeFi protocols running on.
0: Yeah, and I think as time goes on, I'm just going to get less and less risky because every run up and every correction is just getting us closer to the point where DeFi has a just takes a massive hit and i don't want to be stuck holding something that never comes back i'm I'm sure it'll happen right but you know in terms of like when you, you know the thing we i think we really can take away from this last cycle was when you look at things like beefy and fuel and auto and they're hitting absurd highs it's probably time to just sell that off and roll it back or a portion, right? Half of it, take profit, whatever, and roll it into Bitcoin and Ethereum and BNB and just cut the exposure because I am curious to see what happens. And maybe you can have an opinion here. Something like Beefy. We'll use Beefy because that's a you know that's a strong project that had a really amazing price run. And I want to pull up the chart. You know, the question I have would be, Beefy had its high of, you know, $2,300. Do you think we get back there?
1: Yeah, I think we do. Um, Because like I said, I think this cycle is far from over. And I really think as we continue to move higher, the trend will only accelerate. So I don't think it's a question of will it take out these highs. It also depends a lot on what the project continues to do. Because as more protocols come to the Binance smart chain, um, the yield optimizer space gets more saturated. But no, I think it's definitely possible that we see Beefy take out these all-time highs. And not necessarily just Beefy. I think we see all of these DeFi tokens get back into price discovery a lot sooner than we expect, um, and once they get into price discovery, I think we get another rally. And like, here I am with my optimism, but I think that's just the the stage we're at in this bull cycle, the super cycle, whatever you want to call it. I think, yeah, we see all of these highs across nearly all these tokens that are continuing to build. We see them get tested and taken out.
0: No, that makes sense. I think. I think my play then, cause I think you're right. I think I'm just like being normally I'm the one that's more bullish than you are. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I think the play is every time these go on these big runs, I'm just going to cut those positions down, put them back into my bigger positions. And cause eventually I'll, I, I will eventually be stuck holding the bag on some things. And I just want to make sure that whatever bag I'm stuck, stuck holding, I took a lot more out of than I'm left with. Right. Like you never know, you never know when the, when the top top is in for some, you know, for like, I don't believe that Bitcoin has a top top to be in and I can sit patiently and wait for Bitcoin for the next, you know, to run through a a three to, let's say, you know, let's say Bitcoin hits a three month, six month consolidation period. I can, I can yield farm all day long through that. I don't care, but I don't necessarily want to be stuck holding Uh, I'm not going to say anything by name because I don't want to like say something will fail and something won't, but I don't want to be stuck holding a DeFi token with a major position in my portfolio that never comes out of that three to six month consolidation.
1: And yeah, that's kind of my stance as well. Like I never like in these next eight to 12 months, I don't want to have no crypto exposure. Like I see traders all the time that are selling like just recently in this pullback, they reduce their crypto exposure to nearly nothing and buy back in, um, which is perfectly fine because you can definitely maximize profits that way. But the way I like to see it is at the end of the day, if I need to reduce my exposure, a lot of it will just mean consolidating altcoins back into Bitcoin and other large cap plays because yes, there's going to be a drawdown. But if my thesis is that we're going to be hundreds of percent higher in a few months, I'd rather take the drawdown on where it's going to be the, the least. So that's most likely going to be Bitcoin nearly every time compared to, so like in this drawdown, we had altcoins down 40 to 50% while Bitcoin was down just uh, above, just below 30%. So that's just like kind of been my game plan. And that's what I found myself doing as we were in this rally, um, rotating a lot of stuff into Bitcoin and Ethereum, which yes, still got the drawdown, but they got less of the drawdown, which then allows me to, when I'm comfortable, roll back into more risky positions and in theory, increasing my exposure.
0: Yeah, and, and now that you did it with this cycle, with the next cycle, like I'm kind of thinking what what my play may be on this next run, which is some of that DeFi small cap profits that I rolled into like my Bitcoin ETH pair. I can roll some of that Bitcoin ETH pair into Bitcoin BUSD and ETH BUSD, right? It's like take it one level further out. Uh-huh. And and maybe that's the way I do it. And then I try to figure out, well, what percentage you know, do I want to have in there? Because I do think each, each new top we hit gets us – well, it gets us one top closer to a longer consolidation period. Like We don't even have to talk about it in terms of a, a blow-off top and some massive drop. But eventually it consolidates because you know, the market expands and it requires more capital to push higher each time. And so, you know, eventually we you hit a a 3 to 6 to 12 month consolidation, hopefully not a 12 month and hopefully not soon. <laughs> but but I mean it's bound to happen. Eventually the market just can't expand the way it is, right? Yeah. Every 100 billion market cap that gets added to it makes it harder to add the next 100 billion in theory. Although maybe every 100 billion makes it easier because then you have more people trying to chase it for now anyway.
1: Yeah, that's definitely an interesting point because I am on the – I just, as a base case, think the trend will continue to accelerate until it doesn't anymore. There's no good higher. way to tell, but like I think the legs we continue to see higher will be accelerated trends. Um, and that's just my opinion and the only way to figure it out is – I mean we'll wait and see. So that's the exciting part. It is.
0: And I think, um, you know, for me, the, the silver lining is whatever happens, I'm going to keep earning interest. And which kind of allows me to ride out some tough times, because that's what's also different this cycle versus last cycle, which may be also why people don't pull out as much is, you know, in 2017, unless you sold, you're not able to take any profits, right? Where now, I don't need to sell any of my liquidity. I can just take my earnings and send them to my bank account which kind of it kind of creates just it's it's a new fundamental to the market and and as defi grows i think that's going to have a stronger effect on like almost like a a price floor for bitcoin or like why would you sell your bitcoin when you can just like defi it and earn interest with it
1: exactly like high, no um we're running a bit long here but i'm going to leave yeah, it at should, this point yeah. um so for those who aren't aware, I listen to a lot of other crypto podcasts and um, Suzu, the founder or co-founder of Three Arrows Capital brought up this amazing point. Um, he was saying how like when he sits down and talks to institutional investors, they're like, you can get 20% um, for, B- for a Delta neutral trade in Bitcoin. Meaning if you buy spot and sell derivatives, the yield you get from that is nearly 20% and Suzu comes back and he says, if you're only getting 20%, you're doing it wrong. So yeah, this kind of goes on to this price floor, Jesus, price floor theory, because if you are able to earn these yields for holding the token, why would anyone sell it?
0: Yeah, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of increasing, of number go up almost. Which I like that. But also, I mean, just look at you know, look at how institutions or just investors handle traditional markets, which is, you know, I could buy AT&T stock and I can earn a 6 to 7% dividend for probably until I die, right? Like AT&T is not going anywhere, which, which means from a, like a retirement case for me, I can just put that on auto reinvest for the next 60 years of my life meaning I have no purpose to sell AT&T stock regardless of what the price is really doing. Right. As long as a business is doing fine, I have no reason to sell it. And this is true, like across the board in equities. Yeah. Um, so, you know, something like Amazon's a little different because, well, the, the only way you profit from Amazon for as an investor is you sell it. But even then, like, when something gets wrapped up into pension funds or retirement accounts or whatever, it's, it's held on to. And, you know, and here's a uh, I was actually talking to my financial advisor about this, which I, I asked him, I'm like, so I'm just thinking about Bitcoin and a, and a Roth IRA. I can buy Bitcoin and put it into a Roth IRA and I get whatever it earns me for my, I can retire technically or I can, technically draw that in like 33 years basically. So I can hold Bitcoin for 33 years and then start selling it off with no taxes from my retirement. And so why would I not do that? Why would any retirement or pension account not do that, right? Yeah. And that's when we start to see this this whole new holder of cryptocurrency that's like I'll just throw it into my pension or retirement fund or whatever and and hopefully it's worth something in in 3 decades.
1: Yeah. So, and it kind of just aligns with the whole store of value thesis yeah, on that.
0: That's pretty amazing. Anyway. All righty. Well, let's wrap it up. We definitely went about 15 minutes longer than planned, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, but, with, you know, so what's your prediction on the next week? A little more consolidation or some, we see a breakout happen.
1: Yeah. I'm just going to say what I want to hear. Um, I think we see more consolidation on Bitcoin and I think we see altcoins continue to rally. So That's what I'm looking for. We'll see if that's what I get.
0: I hope it happens. All right, I'll catch you next week.